You are listening to The Secrets of Middle-Earth on sqpn.com. The battle for Middle-Earth is about to begin. Where do you travel to find Middle-Earth? How can you fight the shadows of Angmar? created the dwarves. I thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. Why are elves immortal? You will linger on in darkness and in doubt. It's nightfall in winter that comes without a star. What is the ultimate evil of Sauron? Join me on a quest for answers through the books, the movies, and the games that tell us the legendary adventures of hobbits, dwarves, men, and elves in Tolkien's Middle-earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Secrets of Middle-earth. I am Father Roderick. And I'm Inga. And I'm Laura. And uh, the three of us are going to take you on another adventure somewhere in Middle-earth. And if you've listened to our previous episode, you know that we've arrived at the foot of the Mines of Moria. Or actually, to be more precise, we're standing at the foot of a very dirty-looking, green, sick-looking lake. What are we looking at, uh, Inge? Well, it looks like... Uh, it's it's a recent um, lake because there are trees standing in inside the lake. So if uh, if I look for, uh, oh, indeed, in front yes. of me, there are some trees that yes se- seem to be submerged. So this probably was just another valley uh, yeah, at the or, foot yeah. of this mountain. Um, and indeed, I didn't mention. So yeah, that's actually a very astute uh, observation that these trees wouldn't be there if this lake had been there for a long time. And I think that over there in the distance on the right side. Um, there seems to be a dam, so they kind of closed off this part of the valley, and so that's how this lake was created, probably. So do we know who, who made this lake? Or lake, it's actually uh, no. it's, it's well, not no, really looking like a lake. If, if you recall the story the, in the Fellowship of the Ring, when um, after uh, Gandalf and the, the Fellowship, they uh, sleep on, on a yeah, higher place in the area, and then they are attacked by all kinds of wargs. And Gandalf remarks that this is the, these are no ordinary wargs. This is some, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And then they try to find the doors of Durin. Yeah, but they actually Gandalf have thro- has trouble finding them because the landscape has so uh, drastically changed. And there should be a, a stream, a, a, a river, but there's uh, not, nothing there anymore. It's and that's because this, of this dam. Just this murky green pool. Uh, this is water here, and uh, th- this was actually one of the attempts to get to the other side. They need to travel, what is it, east? And yes. so they tried to high pass the, was it the Red Horn Pass? And uh, we, we went there too, and it's just terrible weather, and it's way too cold and dangerous. And so that's when they decided to go through the Mines of Moria, which had been kind of abandoned for a very long time. Uh, but of course... Uh, uh, Gandalf has been there before, uh, and as you said, he had a trouble recognizing the area, so he hasn't been here recently. And uh, he, al- he also remarks that when he entered Moria, and uh, also Aragorn, I think, mentions that, he entered from the other side. And back way back when, 
the other this side had a door which would be always open and a dwarf or some doorkeeper would sit there just to yeah observe mm -hmm. the traffic but the doors won't would be closed uh, and near the door there would be two holly trees marking the end of of um Eregion. oh so interesting the, that's the elven country and they would mark the, the border of their their land with holly trees and uh, if you if we will uh, walk towards the door, then you see that those holly trees are gone too. So it's kind of hard to find if you if you uh, yeah d expect another landscape to find it in. Yes. And so yeah, I always I always assumed that it was the watcher uh, itself that made that dam, but uh, it it could have been any it could have been the orcs I suppose. Yeah, and by the watcher you mean. This mean that creature. nasty creature yeah. that is lurking somewhere in these depths. Unfortunately, we've been kind of warned by the adventures of the Fellowship because this can be potentially a very dangerous place. It's definitely not the kind of lake you want to take your family to uh, to do some swimming because you might your family might end up being a lot smaller than you know at the beginning of the day. And don't uh, <laughs> throw any stones in the lake either. Yes. Well, let's just walk across around the lake then instead of swimming. And uh, this is kind of creepy. I have to go through a little bit of water here on the left side next to this rocky wall on my left. But I just I just hope that the monster can, can't get to there. Um, here are some graves here, actually. Um, are these, like, dwarves that have been buried here? Uh, yeah. If, if the people who play the game will, uh, and who entered Moria will re remember they had to do a quest to enter to get entrance to the uh, to the to the to the mines. Right, and then, and then, they then had the, to the monster the, the monster kills all yeah. these dwarves. Yeah. Um, so we're walking alongside the water here, and uh, yes, the last time I visited, there were actually some dwarves uh, throwing stones at the water. They were bored, and <laughs> uh, not a good idea uh, because it's uh, it's no. definitely something that apparently this monster the watcher doesn't like at all so I'm uh, getting closer to the place where apparently the door the entrance to the mines of Moria should be um, there are some crates here and uh, actually a wagon of some sorts I see an anvil yeah um, there's a dwarf standing here saying Moria the name fills me with both dread and longing uh, and Tulk and a few others have remained here to safeguard this entrance. And when he says entrance, he means these stone doors here on uh, on my right. And uh, these are just pretty regular-looking stone doors. Um, as usual, the dwarves used to hide their entrances to their caves, um, and so you would hardly notice them, except for um, when during the night the moon would shine on this on this wall and uh, because of the, the the type of material that they used to make the the engraving of the door and the ornamentation I think actually that dwarves didn't make this door but uh, elves did um, the moonlight uh, makes the the signs visible and you can actually tell that there's a door and of course we know we remember that um, Gandalf had a quite a hard time trying to open the door because <laughs> there was a riddle added to to the to the, um, the the safeguard system, and uh, he just couldn't figure it out. So he was just trying out yeah. all sorts of spells, and nothing worked. So even the great and Gandalf couldn't couldn't figure it out. Yeah, uh, you have to remember that the answer was just in engraved above the door. The riddle was "Speak, friend, and enter." Yes, and uh, it's just where you lay the emphasis. 
uh, when it gets hard or not. So. I, I think that the, 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 the lack of punctuation actually uh, <laughs> yeah. was the problem. It's like speak yeah. friend or is it speak friend? <laughs> so. Yeah, it should. He should have translated it. Say friend and enter. Yes. So. <laughs> Say. They were more semi column. <laughs> they were more trusting in those days. Yeah, I guess they, the, quote, uh, the quotation marks uh, as long as you could would have helped. Read. Yeah, as long as you could read it, they figured that you were a friend, so you could you could enter it. And the um, the inscription was drawn by um, Celebrimbor, the same elf that created the uh, the rings. Oh, really? Back in the Second Age. Mm -hmm. So he made this whole, uh, this door well, or the, the well, engravings at least. Well, the dwarves made the drawer, the door, mm -hmm. but um, he made the made the drawing. Um, and uh, if you give me a second, I can look at the because the inscription on the door actually says um, these that it was drawn by Celebrimbor, but. Um, but written by a dwarf, so um, the, so the dwarves would have made would have made it, but the elves helped design it, basically. Right. So, and this, of course, yeah. goes back to the olden days of the mines of Moria, and we'll we'll hopefully be able to talk about the the ancient history of the mines of Moria in another episode. Uh, right now, we just want to go in and explore and uh, try to find the places that we know from the story of the Lord of the Rings. But then there is this fascinating backstory that goes, I think, back to the first era, if I'm not mistaken, of how Even before that, actually. It's Even before the first age. It's definitely uh, uh, it's a fascinating history, and so we want to definitely go into that. But uh, it might be in more interesting to do that when we get to the other side of the mountain, because that's actually the first place where where the these mines uh started and yeah that's the they, front yeah. door they came we from are the, entering yes. now using the back door we're just using the kitchen door here and actually there are some theories that the monster here in the lake used to hang out even before the the lake was there and and it's just one of these evil you know ancient monsters that that gandalf alludes to when he says you know there's something worse than orcs in these in these areas and it's much older mm -hmm. than orcs and so y you got to think that perhaps the, the, the danger from the water has been there all along and it just waited for this, 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 you know, this change in history and the, 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 the fact that this lake was created to actually uh, get a little bit more um, room mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to dwell. You know what, what, what I always wondered, though, um, you know, obviously it's a big creature. If there was only a creek here before, how did it get here? Yeah, interesting. I think yeah. biologically it's not impossible. Yeah. You know, we know of these, these dry deserts. And maybe it was a baby. Well, well we know we know that, that there's sometimes when, when you've got these areas in the desert where uh, there hasn't been rain for for years, and then you've got basically these eggs just just waiting there. And then as soon as you get the rain season, these creeks start to form in these these puddles, and and then these eggs will hatch and uh, frogs will appear all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere. So perhaps this is just a big kind of frog-like uh, life cycle. Yeah. That in was a, one in bad book, egg. In the book it, uh, it's a bit described a bit. It has greenish, um, how do you say that, um, tentacles. Mm -hmm. And one of the, of course, it goes after Frodo. Of all the, of all the fellowship, it goes after Frodo. Yes. And Gandalf finds that very interesting. Uh, but yeah, it... it it doesn't really. Uh, if 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 you read the the book, 
it doesn't say squid or, or no. it's, in the movie it looks like a squid and if you play the game it looks like a squid like well. like a big kraken kraken almost but it doesn't really say in a book that it's like that that it is a squid speaking of which i i just saw something moving in the water uh i don't know if this is our monster but uh it, it doesn't look good um let's let's see what's what's happening here the, the dwarf is like, well, the water looks so still, but is it really? It's getting dark already, so... Might actually be that the monster gets more active as soon as it as evening falls. So more dwarves arrive, and uh, they're about to accompany us into Kazadum. Then one of the dwarves turns back and... Whoa! Uh, that was the end of that dwarf. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, oh, there goes another dwarf. This is not a very welcome party. Not, not a very good welcome party. I see multiple tentacles coming out of the water. And I wonder if this is actually one monster or whether there's a whole family lurking below. I think it's following us. <laughs> oh, wow. Alright, and it, it, it's, it's, it's back in the depths below <laughs> again. Uh, that was our little encounter with this monster. It definitely looks like a kraken, like a, some kind of a squid. Uh, and uh, the, the kraken remind me, it's, it, you know, the, of course there are many theories because Tolkien never really gave us an explanation of what this monster really was. Um, but the kraken is something from kind of Norse-Swedish mythology, isn't it? Germanic, yeah. Yeah. So, so it would, it would, would be in the uh, waters west of Iceland. And uh, even Linnaeus, you know, the, the, the person who made the first taxonomy of, the, of all the index of all the creatures, uh, also yeah, mentioned the big squid like the Kraken. And the, there is actually a big squid called Kraken. But that's after the mythology, not, not because it already existed. So, yeah, there are lots of stories about uh, the Kraken... Um, yeah, g going after ships and not it's not so much the, the, the animal itself that's uh, dangerous but the maelstrom that that it uh, it creates and that it swallows whole ships and of course according uh, if to you've, the lore if you, well if you've seen the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movies then you remember that the way that they integrated that monster that mythological monster in the stories there and, and it's it's part of a lot of fairy tales and stories and and, and myths throughout the ages. And of course, well, we know that Tolkien used a lot of this, uh, these, these stories from, from up north, northern Europe, for, as an inspiration for, for, his, uh, for his Middle Earth. But I think it's, it's going very far to say that this is actually a kraken, yeah. especially because Tolkien doesn't, doesn't say so. Um, the tentacles just kind of uh, uh, make us believe it is. The, the, the only thing is that the kraken as far as I know, is a kind of a saltwater creature, where there, yeah. uh, whereas this lake is created from, well, a river, so this would be sweet water. So, I, d I don't know if the... Yeah, and also, um, a kraken would, from a distance, uh, look like a, like an island, so non-suspecting sailors would uh, sail up, and then it would... Oh, really? 
Uh, that <laughs> it would just look like a patch of land. It would be too late, and then they, they couldn't go back, and then it will devour them. But that's, it's, this, this creature is just uh, lurking below the surface, so you don't see, you don't realize it's actually there. Uh, from, uh, and unless you disturb it uh, by L throwing pebbles in the in the water, yeah, for example, by accidentally stepping in the water like I just did. Um, and then, of course, story-wise, the this monster is also um, a very very much part of one of the archetypes um, that you see in a lot of myths and a lot of even religious stories. It's kind of the the literally the gatekeeper. And and actually, isn't this creature called the the guardian or the is it a the watcher in the water? The Watcher in the Water, and I think that Tolkien just keeps referring to it as the Watcher. And it is basically this character or monster or creature that prevents the main characters in the story to advance to literally the next level of their adventure. So there are there's usually some kind of a threshold, some some blockage that needs to be overcome. And I think that very fundamentally it's the stories that we tell are a reflection of our own lives and we know that whenever we enter a new phase in life we often have to overcome obstacles we have to kind of get stronger and fight something that we need to get rid of whether it's a real enemy or uh, something in you know in in between our ears um, and it's only when we've been able to overcome that obstacle that that something new can begin and so in a way in that in that respect i think that the this monster is is very appropriately kind of situated here at the beginning of the Mines of Moria, which in the story of The Lord of the Rings is, is a totally different part. Um, and some, something dramatic is about to happen. Uh, remember, this is the, this kind of the final journey that they make together with uh, Gandalf the Grey. And, of course, they are not aware of that. They think it's just uh. a passage. But um, this, this whole Moria sequence, I think, story-wise, has the function of... of signifying this this change it's an, it's another transition in the lives of these dwarves it, but also especially in the life of, of frodo uh it, this is this is a big literally a game changer and yeah. uh fr f when they go through the mountain i think that the mountains themselves or the 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 caves the moria caves are also a symbol of this of this transformation and this kind of transition to a new phase uh, this, the events that happen inside the mines of Moria will will basically leave traces in their lives forever. It, it will have a huge impact on on Frodo and on the rest of the of the fellowship. Yeah, and it's also from stepping from in from the light from outside to the to the mines of Moria, which are yeah. it's a dark place, literally. Mm -hmm. And then well, there's yes, light at the other, exactly. the other at the end of the tunnel. tunnel it is. Also literally. It's kind of this, 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 the Moria story. It's going literally to the depths of hell, um, and we'll we'll get to that symbolism later on, uh, with all the fire and the lava and everything, and then of course the the the, the big, even scarier creature that is waiting for us somewhere inside, um, and uh, you kind of need to go through that in order to be able to get back to the light and so mm. it's this kind of you, yeah. you think you lose everything Tolkien in Lord of the Rings especially he has a few um, a, a few phases where he has the fellowship going underground or into darkness you know the, the dark forest uh, the old forest I mean um, which is also dark and and like going underground um, then there there's Mori of course and then there's also the past of the dead that that Aragorn goes through um, and then also um, Frodo and Sam in in uh, Mordor 
they go through um, the cave on the uh, Kirith Ungol, the pass of Kirith Ungol. Hmm. So he does have these phases where they're going underground and then they're, you know, coming out into light. Um, of course, uh, you know, at, at the end of the old forest, they get to Tom Bombadil's house. So right. they're going from darkness to light. At Moria, they come out and they're in Lothlorien. Um, well, it's always, it's Frodo always... and Sam, unfortunately, kind of break that because they end up in Mordor. So <laughs> <laughs> It's always like the contrast that makes for an interesting story. If there's no darkness, yeah. then the light is kind of bland. <laughs> and so we need exactly. to tell stories with these contrasts. And in a way, there are many guardians here at the beginning of Moria. You've got the monster. You've got the door itself. And, you know, you need kind of a, this this formula this is this magic word that needs to be said and so there are many obstacles to overcome and once they do then the next part of the adventure can start and uh, uh roger by the way is suggesting that the um the monster in the lake the the watcher actually tunneled up from the foundations of stone which is kind of the same area from which uh, many other dark creatures emerge later on yeah. in the story there's, so there's a big lake in there as well so and it could be you know that there yeah. are like tunnels from which mm-hmm. this this monster has emerged we don't know what's under the lake so there yeah. might be other or underground caverns yeah who knows it just but it just dwells through that's true because there's a lot that's of true. water inside the mines of moria as well so mm-hmm. uh yeah there are multiple ways in which this croc but I, I definitely think it needed the lake to get out and uh and once he got out he didn't want to share the lake with anyone else not even with us. So let's uh, let's go inside before um, he gets his friends <laughs> and attacks us again, and see with our own eyes the splendors of the mines of Moria. And I'm looking forward to it. We just stepped through the doors, and we are currently in this enormous space. I mean, it's it's so high up there uh, that I can't even see the ceiling. Um, we're surrounded by uh, rectangular pillars and on top of them I can see statues. Some of them are uh, are broken and destroyed but some others are still intact of dwarves. There are st- statues of dwarves holding lamps, so the crystal yes. lamps are, ho- are held by dwarves with long beards. Yes, because people might wonder how can we even see inside these mines, not carrying any torches. But the place, this place, is sparsely lit by these uh, these crystals that uh, radiate a bit of light. It's kind of this bluish light, and I think that later on the dwarves, and this is all kind of dwarven technology, they came up with other ways to uh, light up the areas using mirrors and uh, perhaps also. You know, cracks in the in the outer walls of the of the mountain. In front of us is an enormous staircase, and it stretches all the way up to a huge entrance. There, it's all kind of done in this very robust-looking geometrical dwarven architecture. And so we're climbing these. I always wonder these with stairs. all the stairs in Moria. This is, must be awful for dwarves to climb all those stairs with those little, little legs. Well, but as but we said last time, the dwarves are actually pretty resilient. And even though they look kind of overweight, it's actually probably all muscle. At least that's 
what my dwarf would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that you get like any junk food in here. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I actually even wonder how the dwarves, when they lived in inside these caves, what they ate, because they can't hunt, and and they've been in here for years. So I gathered that mushrooms. But dwarves fish. don't strike me like the vegetarian. Yeah, fish perhaps, or. And we know this that 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 you know th this could be very nutritious. They might be have have they might have been eating insects, and there are some pretty nasty big bugs in here. But uh, perhaps if you roast them, yeah. But they, they also were, of course, the halls of Moria. The, the dwarves are merchants, so they will have lots of trade going in and out. Yeah. And of course, they can import their food and that export all the riches like the mithril they will dig up. Uh, you're right. You're right because d down below I do see. I mean, near this entrance, there is definitely there's a small settlement there, and I see crates and barrels. So perhaps yes, you're right. They might just import um, food from elsewhere and just uh, use lots of salt and <laughs> to to keep it, you know, to preserve it for a long time. There are few dwarves in here, but it's nothing like the olden times, the glory days of uh, of Moria. Um, I mean, the, the entire architecture is still extremely imposing, and of course this is the entrance, so the dwarves knew, especially because they would welcome traders and everything in these mines, the first impression has to be really good, and even though this is kind of the back door of the, um, of, of the mines of Moria, they still uh, did a great job making it really imposing. Here on my right is a, is a corridor, and at the end, an enormous statue of one of the dwarves, um, and wasn't this actually populated by the, the, the kind of these old longbeard dwarves? Because uh, these these dwarven creatures or these these big statues definitely have big beards. So, oh wow, there are actually more dwarves here, uh, and they are carrying uh, what looks like hammers. I don't think these are for uh, for uh, to uh, for war. Actually, I think they just use these hammers to uh, to mine the mithril, which is this um, very well, valuable if, if you go, material. If uh, straight on and, and around the corner, there are some uh, forges here. Okay. So if you go back the. I'm trying to. Uh, I will go back to and find you. Find you. I think I'm here. Let's see. Okay, so I gotta turn left. So upstairs and then left. Straight on. Wait, where are you? Oh, there you are. Okay, show me the way. So, heading back to the stairs and then to the left? Yes. Oh, okay. Is that a corridor? It's very confusing to navigate here because it's so dark. It is. It is. And this is actually the lighter part of the... It's getting much, place. much, okay. much worse. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, here is a huge open space. This is the north wing of Durin's Threshold. And uh, this place is lit by a magnificent crystal that hangs from the ceiling. It's like a uh, chandelier. Yeah, it looks like a star or something like that. And there are some uh, forges here with uh, hot lava. I mean, these are not coals. They just probably just dug a hole deep enough so that the lava would... Uh, would yeah, that's emerge. what it looks like. Yeah, they're so tapping into the lava vents. They just use the um, the original uh, uh, resources, and here are some dwarves actually 
doing some handiwork. Creating swords or I don't know exactly what. Pickaxes, I think. But mithril, wasn't that the the material um, that was used for Frodo's, for the um, the chainmail that he had underneath yes. his uh, his suit? Yeah, so it's, it's, it looks a little bit like silver, but it's very light. And if you remember from the stories in the Middle Ages, all those uh, soldiers would wear heavy armor, mm-hmm. which would, made, would made, be made of metal, but they were so heavy and it was like, um, yeah, make them hard for them to move so it was very hard yes. for them to, to defeat the other person and then you have to remember a, a, a heavy armor suit is easily f- uh, 50 pounds or something like that metal you are wearing so yes. this is very hard on uh, well and on it men. might have been hard enough for a dwarf but for a hobbit it would be even harder because hobbits are not very resilient and uh, they kind of lead a very leisurely life yeah. Just sitting, you know, smoking no pipe weed and just enjoying many, many different meals during the day. So poor Frodo. I'm glad for him that he had a mithril uh, chain meal here. And, and it saved him. It actually uh, mm. prevented him from getting killed. And so the mithril yeah. is the main reason that the dwarves are here. They knew that this was the place where they could mine it. And it was so valuable and so useful that they made a fortune, basically, mining it here from the from the from Moria. And uh, their greed, actually, at one point in history, and we'll get to this much later uh, when we try to scout the uh, the depths of Moria, it awoke a very dangerous creature here. But uh, that's mm-hmm. no here and there. Let's first try to get a little bit further uh, to the east, and we're still walking through these corridors, but um, they actually end here, and this looks more like a natural cave that we're currently diving into. The light, the place is lit by these kind of purplish crystals. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I noticed about the decorations back there, they almost looked sort of Viking with yes. uh, some of that knot work and or, or intricate knot work on the kind of the trim. Um, it, it just had that impression to Indeed. me of being well, like Viking. The dwarves definitely have in their architecture and uh, their artwork uh, traits in common with the uh, with what we know of the Viking Vikings and the the, the, the people from the north. Um, right here is a huge stone head of a dwarf. It uh, looks like this is part of a, a statue that must have caved in or something like that, and it's. Enormous. It's, I mean, if this is just the the top of the statue, then the entire thing must have been gigantic. Which kind of leads me to believe that this probably is, you know, there has been a cave-in or something like that, and that's probably why we can't... Why all of a sudden this... Oh, what are those creatures? They're nasty. Those are gigantic cave, cave claws, so... Ugh. Okay, let's try to avoid them, because... And then I hear these... The, you hear that that, that clicking, clicking sound? Those are kind of yeah. bug-like bed creatures. Bugs. Yeah, they look they like the big enormous bed bugs. <laughs> Awful. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are uh, killing some of those nasty creatures, because uh, I have a hard time actually <laughs> figuring out where I am. Are you going the right way? I don't know. I'm get going deeper and deeper. You know, it's so easy to get lost here. Yeah, well, I, I get lost all the time. Actually, I think we the, strayed off the path. The dwarves must have had a great sense of direction. 
you know, there's no sun to guide you, so you don't know what direction you're going, and everything kind of looks the same. Yeah. And plus, it's uh, you know, this is just the natural cave, so these paths aren't aren't man-made, so they twist all around. Yes, and I can see I can see um, the uh, stalactites and stalactites yeah. here. Oh, I think I found actually a little tiny ledge on which I can reach this corridor, which is part of Dwarven architecture again. So it's kind of triangular-shaped corridor, and there are some orcs here getting really mad at me for and some these reason. these are goblins. Oh, goblins, sorry. Yeah, the, they're littler. Oh, really? Well. So I'm not the one yelling, for, by the way. I know, I'm sorry, I'm kind of loud. <laughs> Well, they are annoying, so we should yell at them. <laughs> and um, so this this corridor actually leads us to um, to different places. Well, yeah. yeah, we I think we we're not there yet. I thought we had already arrived, but uh, yeah. If we go straight on, we get go to the big uh, overlook of the this area. But if I if we go uh, more to the to the south, yes, then. Um, we will. Uh, we can find a, a very strange-looking artifact. I don't know if you want to yeah, let's go, go there. there. Sure, let's go there. Let okay. me first get rid of this uh, creature. I so. don't know why. Why are they attacking us? Normally they. Uh, they they get nervous along. from people standing still for a long time. Oh, that's it. Even so if, if you you're really much stronger than them. Well, I think they come after you. So. Oh great. <laughs> I oh, know. you're a dwarf, so. I should have taken a <laughs> bath. Right. I should have taken they a bath. They don't like elves. My my beard probably still smells of the food I've, I've eaten for the last few weeks, so... Oh, oh where are we You're, going I was going to say something, but... I know, I'm accompanied today by two elves, so... Yeah, I... I Even just, if I'd taken a bath, they'd probably today. be I, repelled. I just, uh... What is this on the left? This looks like almost like a castle on the inside of the cave on top of this structure that is several stories high. I can see... Um, actually burning flames uh probably oil lamps or something um and then there is this open space in the middle with uh what looks like a hexagon and in the center of that is an egg-like object it is it's at least five dwarfs high uh, yeah and it, it to me it, it's uh it's beautiful. Look at the back. It doesn't just rooms. look like, but it's a it's a geode. If you've ever heard of those, or I'm not sure what sure. they would uh, yeah. call them in Dutch. It, it but is. It's a it's a stone that when you break it open, it has crystals inside. It's beautiful. There are actually inscriptions on it. Yeah. Like I see ancient lettering, but does it say anything that we can recognize? Yeah. This is the on the on the bottom. It says Belgar, which is the this, the big sea to the west, because this is actually a globe. Wait a minute, this is, a, yeah, it's a map. So the blue carvings actually represent yeah. land. And do you see the blue, the blue dark squ uh, square, a little bit of, um, at ab ab um, above the, uh, the how yes. do you say that? Yeah, That's right. Moria. Really? Wow. Oh, wow. So, so and this then, uh, is... And yeah, so the, it's a map of Arda, Middle Earth. Who made this? Yeah, that's, it, it's just something for, um, yeah, a hidden gem in a game. I I don't uh, recall oh. it from uh, Tolkien's book, so I, I think uh, uh, some dwarf, because they are dwarf. They are dwarf, dwarf runes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And also Moria is that big, big 
diamond looking thing so yeah. the elves probably wouldn't have <laughs> put, yeah, done it's, that it's not oh. elegant <laughs> enough. center of the universe right yeah all yeah. mm -hmm. uh, right yeah. yeah that definitely uh betrays a little bit of a dwarven point of view here but it's beautiful and the thing yeah. itself because of the crystals also emanates this beautiful light and it looks like an egg that has just been left by yeah. An enormous creature. And if you look at the floor, then you see also it's, it has a compass on, on the on the floor, which match, matches. Uh, oh really? Yes. The 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 compass we are using to uh, navigate. So if you, it's perfectly aligned with with your uh, own compass. Ah, and I, there are four runes probably indicating north, east, south, west on it. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Wow, I love this. Oh, you're getting friends again? Yeah, I'm getting attacked again. Let's get out of here and let's yeah. try to get to Dolphin. Yeah, you run, we, we take here. care of the sure. creature. It's really, really dark. So you take a right turn and then you get uh, back to uh, where we came from. That's what and I'm to doing the left right. there's Durin's Vault. Uh, you have to be very careful not to fall into one of these many crevices. Yeah. Uh, there are cracks in the road, yeah. Well, and sometimes you don't know how deep they go, so I might fall in and just die. And that would be the end of this show. Yeah. So let's not do that. Okay, I'm back in this triangular corridor, and here is a dwarf standing guard, so I guess that this is where I should go. Oh, yeah, here's another big yeah, Abyss. Stay, uh, keep it at, at the left of that road. That's what I'm doing. And here is actually a, a small road that goes up the uh, the side of this uh, this cave, and it's lit by it looks like torches, but it's actually crystals. And I'm being pursued again by goblins. I cannot believe it. Right. Oh, now I'm actually on top of this big structure that I saw. So I can see the uh, the fires here. This is not. These are not oil lamps. These are just coals burning here. Um, it's actually a ri really nice sight, and I am walking up the stairs and entering oh. a place called Dolven View, which is looks like. Um, a big hallway, a beautiful, beautiful architecture here. Uh, some pillars with uh, banners on them, depicting the the famous mountains. Of course, I mean there's mountain imagery on all the dwarven uh, uh, embellishments and stars in the sky, and uh, a crown also in the middle of this this particular banner and. I That's think that has to do. Of Durin, I think, I th yes, crown. has to do with the old ancient history of Durin, and we'll get into that later in another episode. But there is a and there's an interesting story. And those must be the three mountains too. The um, yeah, the Silver Tine, um, the Red Horn, the Red Horn, and Caradoras. Oh, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's, so, so Silver is Shiraxi Hill uh -huh. in uh, Dwarfish, I think. I didn't know that. And so, what's the biggest the biggest mountain? Karadras, I think, is the highest, tallest. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Again, here in front of me, a huge 
crystal. This is definitely the biggest that I've seen so far. And I think they placed it here on purpose because it needs to light actually the biggest hall that I've seen so far, or, or cave, I suppose. It. This, is, this, this used to be a natural cave, and then the, the dwarves built structures on yeah. the sides of it. Yeah, one dwarf tells me just uh, a minute ago just that the view of this threshold is stunning. And it, I, I have is. to agree with it him, although I'm an elf. But it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we dwarves did an amazing job here. Yeah. And look at those giant stalactites hanging from the ceiling. Uh, I can barely even see them because it's so dark. And the light of the big crystal is actually overpowering. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of it's <laughs> it's dim. It's bright here, but it's dim everywhere else. Oh, wow, amazing! And so uh, below us, we're we're standing on a wooden platform that is uh, part of kind of it looks like a bridge that spans yeah. the two sides of this uh, of this enormous hall. And down below, I can see several floors. Um, some of them in stone and other uh, others seem to be kind of wooden platforms. And so this is probably just part of all the structures um, to enable the dwarves to go to the lower uh, parts of yeah. these areas to mine, of course. And the building um, across the bridge is actually a cooling chamber. So that will, would be used to, um, to for the vent would be used for a kind of power. And also the, the, to cool the water, which would be drinking water. So oh, that's really? their, yeah, I said it. Huh, the technology. Wow. Well, the dwarves do have just incredible technology compared to uh, some other people. And yeah. I'm saying this, of course, because I'm a dwarf. But uh, it, it, it definitely is the best technology that you can find in Middle Earth. I mean, the, yes, the elves, they do some stuff with po poetry and songs. But, you know, really, the, the, the real important stuff in Middle Earth, hey. that's all dwarven made. <laughs> that's that's you know any anyone the, can the sing a song. The elves are a little more uh, sophisticated. Yeah, well, oh, yes, or a little less practical in their in their uh, technology. Let's say they, a little more artistic. They just have more time to waste. Uh, whereas we dwarves, <laughs> we kind of make the most out of the years that have been given to us. He's so, really trying it, right, Laura? Let's, let's go down. Yeah. Let's well, if you if you count make more by making money, then I suppose that's true. Because we all know that the dwarves like to make money. Well, and of course, guitar music and songs, that doesn't cost much. So, yeah, why work, right? <laughs> we at least have provided everyone in Middle-earth with this great passage in these halls and with Mithril that, uh, you know, is so important to Middle-earth. And so... That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I'm trying to avoid the goblins here. Now, actually, these goblins, no, of course... No, being pursued. Just keep running. I, I know it's not a problem. I'm just going lower and lower down these stairs. And uh, the the uh, goblins, of course, were not part of the Mines of Moria in the glory days of the mines. Uh, they actually uh, entered the mines, I think, even in the Third Age, if I'm not mistaken. And so they're still... Um, Really, uh, an annoying presence here. Oh no, and they're <laughs> attacking me again. It, it wishes you all kinds of nasty things. Oh, you have now a whole roll of. Uh, totally. Oh, wow, there's a whole like, camp here. Yeah, just run back, I will take care of them. Oh. And then that. That was. Yells. The yelling and the screaming, it's just so obnoxious and annoying. Uh, what I would like to know is actually, where are we going? 
I hate this. <laughs> they, 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 they have this nasty, nasty laugh. They do remind me a little bit of the way that Gollum uh, uses his voice or or <laughs> abuses his voice. It's kind of the same. <laughs> nasty little goblinses. Yes. I've just I just ran away from these goblins, but I I might actually be running towards a, a greater doom. I I'm always a bit wary when I have to. Just oh yeah, run. they are they are gone now. Okay. They are now attacking me. So. Uh, I am actually heading towards Zelem Melek. And. Uh, yeah, that's I, th I think, I that think that's where, not where too you bad. are now running. That's also where the fellowship would have run. Oh, very good. Well, perfect. And, wow, look at that. I'm actually, this is called the Lonely Span. And it is de it is a, a a stone bridge spanning this enormous, enormous grotto. It's kind of, there's a purple haze, so I can, it's very dimly lit. But I can tell that if I fall off this bridge, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going after you, just, just saying. Right. <laughs> and uh, I don't have any powers to resurrect myself here. I'm not Gandalf, so I'll just head over this span, and we're, we're entering another part of the Mines of Moria. Um, two huge uh, statues again, or it, this is actually not a, really a statue yeah. of a dwarf, but just the head of a dwarf that it's, is used. Everything the... is so giant. Everything is so large in here. You know, all the decorations. Yeah. It's almost like one of the giant cathedrals. You know those statues, what, that, what those are? Those are axes. axes. Big axes. Those, uh, oh, right these ones, us. yeah. Yep. What do you mean? Oh, right here in front of us. Yeah, the axes oh, of the yeah. dwarves. Oh, no, yeah. I thought, they were just, I thought they were just uh, 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 pillars, but they actually have an axe-like form, a yeah. shape. That's what, that's, isn't that that b battle cry, Baruch Kazat? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. But indeed, Laura, it's it's like you say. It's it it definitely kind of evokes the beauty of of cathedrals, and uh, it's it's funny that such small creatures like the dwarves build such enormous cathedral-like structures. It's also tall. It's kind of the opposite of the dwarves. It's almost and I know I'm a dwarf. I shouldn't be saying yeah. this, but it's almost as if they have to compensate for. Something, yeah. <laughs> Many things. No, I think I think the dwarves have um, have a large scale view of things. You know, they trap. There they you go. That's I, that's why I like you. You elves, you really kind of elevate the yeah. discussion and make make it, make me feel good about myself. <laughs> run run a bit a little bit more to the east uh, to avoid the goblin there with all the bats. Yes. Well, so. let's just move. Eastwards, what what we're trying to find for uh, those of you that have been traveling with us so far, um, we are trying to find this room that you might remember from the Lord of the Rings, where the Fellowship is attacked by the orcs and even a troll, a cave troll, and um, this is deep within uh, within the mines of Moria, and we know that actually there is this other big hall very well known to the dwarves it's called the 21st hall yeah, careful. and uh, there are some more nasty creatures here with uh, some oversized axes waiting for me to make a mistake um, so we're, we're, we're trying to find the 21st hall and then I think that that 
that room is is uh, north from the 21st hall so yeah so we just keep keep on running that's basically what the fellowship did just they entered from the west they knew they had to go east so they just didn't de uh, dally i think that's why you call it mm. and just made a straight line to to the exit but then they uh, yeah they got trapped in the uh, in the chamber of masabu this is called the wide halls it's another huge corridor and in the distance i can see the light changing from this purple haze into a more yellow uh, color and this is called the Great Hall of Durin and one of the things that strikes me is that the type of marble or stone that is used here is actually almost black and uh, it, it forms a nice contrast with uh, kind of more yellowish or even kind of golden uh, ornamentation and these black walls are are also described in by Tolkien himself. Uh, these these kind of black shiny uh, shiny walls of dark stone. And I just again I think the dwarves have done a, a terrific job here with the combination of colors with the dark black mm -hmm. walls and then this yellow light. It's beautiful. Well, the dark stone would be the the native um, the the lava rock. That, oh, of course. That was already yes. here. And then the gold was probably gold plate or gold leaf that they applied on on the stone to give it that that nice contrast. Yeah, it's very beautiful. It's beautiful. It's eerie though. The sounds here, it's mm -hmm. it's almost as if there's something hear that, lurking. That tapping in the dark sometimes, yes. that that pounding that they heard that the fellowship heard when um when when Pippin yeah. uh, dropped the stone in to the well. And and so. that pounding might actually be drums, right? It might be just some ancient kind of war rhythm that we hear. Yeah, that it I don't know if they ever specified exactly what that is, but they think it's um they they talk about drums in the deep, which is Mm -hmm. Something that uh, the dwarves that had come and tried to resettle Moria um, shortly before the Lord of the Rings takes place. That's something they wrote in, in their book, that they heard these drums in the deep, and, and then they were attacked and, and yes. killed. I can see a fire burning there on the floor above us. Uh, I don't think this is dwarven fire. I think there might be another mm. group of orcs uh, it's waiting It's infested with orcs here. Ugh. So I'm, I'm going a little bit ahead of you, clearing the path uh, of orcs a little bit. That is very considerate of you. Um, we're currently, in which direction am I going, actually? You're going um, straight to the 21st hall right now. Yeah, I'm traveling east and then trying to go north. Um, this is, again, yeah, not you a need, natural You need to make cave. a turn north, uh, to the north now, so right. to the left. Yes. There is another orc here, and actually these um, goblins no. or orcs—they keep behind you. Be care careful. Yeah, that's, that's no problem. I'm I'm quite resilient despite my small size. Don't don't underestimate my strength. <laughs> I'll just run from them. That's what just I usually do. Just keep running. I yeah. just keep running. Yes. Just run. I hope you know where uh, you are right now. Not at all, but uh, that's no problem. 
It's uh, a dwarf who, who can can't find his way around in Moria. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's really dark. It, it's really dark in here. Okay. It's I've been here before. It's just very dark, and I forgot my torch. So, I mean, this is kind of my place. You, your guests here. I'm just kind of running to find the cookies. Uh, yeah. So. Where you're now running is you, if you uh, go left, yes. a right, a right, I'm sorry. Here's a staircase, a point, yes. Then you can go up and then uh, you will arrive at the 21st hole. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm running up these dark black stairs of lava stone and uh, I think uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> there's, there's, no, oh. there's no exit here. There's just a big warrior. Yeah, oh, look at this green, nasty, oversized warrior. I'm, I'm. I'll just show you that I can handle these by myself. Just giving you a little bit of a. There yeah. you go. Listeners, cover your ears. Yeah. Yes. Some people have told me that they don't really appreciate all our all our slaughtering, <laughs> but it's part of Middle Earth. We cannot just pretend. Oh, look at that. That's a warg. It's a it's a warg with a goblin on his back, so it's a warg rider. No, well, we've seen that in, in the Lord of the Rings as well, right? They use these. They don't they don't ride horses. They probably eat the horses and ride the wargs. Yuck. Oh, this is just back the way we came. Yeah. Oh great! Isn't this because of the end? Um, there is this stair. There used to be a staircase yeah. here, but yes. it's caved in. Yeah, it dropped. That's why you drop down when you go to. Oh uh, great! So we have to run the other way. And try to find. There should be a right we can take somewhere. I think so. it's yeah. probably at the end of this, this corridor. Is, this is where we just were attacked. Uh -huh. If you go straight on and instead of the left turn you took, yes. then you will enter up at a, at a correct uh, stairs. Yeah, so again, oh, those bats. I hate those bats. Yeah, they're already dead. So they're nasty. No canaries in this mine. Just bats. Yeah, be, be careful. Uh, if you go up the stairs, there's more uh, work riders. Just I'll just keep, stairs I'll left just keep and running. Right. And actually, there are some orcs here with drums. We talked about the drums in the deep. Well, some of these orcs have drums, and I I don't know exactly why they why they use them. It might actually be because they're trying to mine themselves, and could be a bit like in these. Old, you know, the, what we see in the depictions of slave ships where they would uh, drum a certain rhythm to uh, motivate the slaves to work kind harder. Kind of war cry. Yeah, it could be too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. The uh, the orcs are and goblins are slaves, basically. So maybe the drums are just driving them on. Well, the tragic aspect yeah, of that is that it's, it's actually orcs playing those drums for their fellow orcs so it's again the the the, the prisoners kind of contribute to the to, to the uh, abuse of their own of their own people of their own fellow orcs basically to save their own skin i think oh yes it's all kind of fear-based and this ladies and gentlemen is the 21st hall and this is the most impressive place here in moria it's incredibly high. Lots and lots of pillars. This is very reminiscent of the scene that you might remember from the Fellowship of the Ring when they awaken uh, this ancient evil and they suddenly have to run through this enormous cave when, and it's just this ongoing, symmetrical, endless amount of 
of pillars. Well, the 21st hall is exactly that. It is so huge that you can't really see the ceiling and you can't see the walls if you're standing in the middle like we are right now. Uh, and for those who have seen the movie, this is the place where Gandalf says, let's, let's make a little bit more light to see the, 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 the splendor of, and he knew, uh, calls it the Dwarodel, which is oh, another name of uh, right. Moria. Right, so this is the place that we know from the movies. I had yeah. no idea, wow. It's cool, yeah, so because now... Because then they see a, a site, a door, and then they go in, and then Gandalf looks in a book to see what happened, and then there's the, where uh, one of the hobbits made, made, makes the yes. fatal error, error of dropping something in, into a well. Yes, well, let's try it. Let's try to find that room right now, and it's up north, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, follow me. Yeah, that, that was uh, Pippin that does that, and Gandalf's comment after he, you he fool dropped... Up a took. Yes, you throw yourself in next time. <laughs> Save us some trouble. Gandalf, <laughs> always, always gentle, <laughs> always gentle. Yeah. He's got such a way with, uh, with hobbits. Yeah, so, so somewhere here to the right. Yeah, I think I'm here right now. Uh, there, here's a, a corridor. Um, again, it's kind of hard to see. It's over here, big doors. Yeah, here on the right I see some reddish light. And the doors themselves almost seem to emanate this red light. Here we are, the chamber of Mazar Bull. And my goodness, what a mess in here. What happened? Well, I see orcs. Someone, someone had a fight. Well, definitely. This whole place is in ruins. It's, it's they forgot a, to clean up after themselves, too. You can tell that the dwarfs have not been here for quite a while. On the right side, the wall has this, uh, again, a beautiful relief of a, of, a, of a dwarf with a crown on his head. So I guess this must be a, another homage to Durin or one of the Durins. And uh, there are these window-shaped openings, and some of them have treasure chests so could this have been kind of a, a, a bank or something like that or? I think it's a tomb because there's a a tomb of course a tomb, a tomb here and it has an inscription on it here lies Balin son, son of Fundin I, I don't know I'm this not very fluent in dwarven descriptions right Oh, right. yeah, here in the yes. center is the big tomb, and then yeah. the other openings, actually, they, they, they remind me a little bit of what you see in Rome, in ancient Rome, when you go to these catacombs. And these openings in the wall are actually used for bodies, and you can see skeletons lying in there. Well, I, So I guess that those are not treasure chests. Those carry probably the remains uh, of dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. Coffins. And this is the big central grave here, and there is a Actually, there is a, uh, an inscription yeah. on the top of this. There's, there are letters, old runes here. Yeah, and, and I think um, that's also what Gandalf reads. He says, here lies Balin, son of Fundin. I don't know uh, if, it's, uh, if I remember yes. it correctly. And then he says he's dead then, because there was this hope that Balin still lives. Well, didn't Balin go on an expedition to try to regain... Uh, power over the mines of Moria and his excursion. They never heard of him again. Yes, and that's why Gimli uh, says, well, my, my cousin Balin is in here and right. we'll have a meet in, in, in the, the splendor of the dwarves now. Well, and then they hear, they discover that they are all died. And there was this big book lying yes. on, uh, in here. I where remember, with the story in it, out, right? We cannot get out, they are coming. Yes. And so... This is this this is the, the the book itself was kind of a diary, in which 
the dwarves describe their final stance, basically, and yeah. you mm-hmm. can you can see uh, here is uh, a partially decomposed orc. I th- no wait, dwarf. this is a dwarf. dwarf. <gasps> it's Oxy, one of the expedition members. Oh my lord! And if you play the gr- the the Lord of the Rings online game, there's a session play with uh-huh. him where you have to where you can relive this last standing of the of the oh wow expedition members so yeah there is another dwarf who is very much alive standing here it's ulfkel yeah and these dwarfs would have come in after the fellowship had passed through yes they're they're trying to um and it looks like they're more successful this time they're they're also trying to um to infiltrate moria again and reclaim it from the from the orcs so, and now that the the Balrog, as as we'll talk about probably in an upcoming mm-hmm. episode, now that the Balrog is not around, it's a little bit easier for them too. Yes, yeah. I think so too. Well, we've uh, we've traveled far into the mines of Moria. We've uh, survived the relentless attack of the uh, the Watcher, and we've avoided attacks from many orcs and goblins. But there is still much more to explore in these mines of Moria, but I think that this is a good place, even though it's kind of creepy, uh, but a good place to rest a little bit and end this episode of Secrets of Middle-Earth. And the next time we will begin in this very same chamber and travel to even more places that we know of, uh, thanks to this, the, the, the account of the Fellowship. We still have to try to find this big chasm where Gandalf said his famous words, you shall not pass, and we'll discover hopefully more about that elusive, very dangerous creature that is so much more powerful than any of those squid-like creatures in the lake. And we also want to try to find, and we'll probably have to venture into very dangerous territory of the Mines of Moria, we'll try to find the endless stairs. Um, because that's where Gandalf battled the Balrog. And um, and then hopefully we'll be able to find the exit on the east side of the Mines of Moria and tell you about the ancient history of these mines here. So, uh, but for now, I think that we've traveled enough. Uh, we shouldn't overdo it. And it is time to wrap things up. I want to remind our listeners that uh, you can find previous and future episodes of this show on uh, our website middleearth.sqpn.com so middleearth.sqpn.com leave us a review on iTunes we greatly appreciate that or just give it a rating if you don't have time to write a review and of course just share this with your fellow Tolkien fans if you love the game if you like to know more about the world of Middle-earth created by Tolkien. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. I'm going now too. Bid you all a very fond farewell. And spread the word. And thanks for listening. And it's a wrap. <laughs>